Hello everyone, and welcome to JTalk Extra Time. I'm James Taylor, and in part one of this week's episode, I'll be reviewing the Saturday games from J2 Matchday 30. John Steele has the Sunday games in part two, along with a look at the upcoming weekend's fixtures. And in part three, as ever, Mike Innes has all the latest from J3 in JTalk Short Corner. Let's start at the top of the table, where there was a huge match at the Gion Stadium between Machida Zelvia and Jubilo Iwata, first against second. Six points separated the teams before kickoff, but with Machida's game in hand, Iwata knew the importance of a win here to their title hopes and to stave off the chasing Shimizu Espos. Thus, it was Iwata who had the better of the first half, and Dudu forced a good save from William Pop in the 26th minute with a long range effort. But in the 43rd minute, a ball over the top found Machida forward Shota Fujio in the Iwata area. He brought the ball under control and turned between two defenders, one of whom, Kaita Suzuki, wrapped his arms around Fujio's waist and hauled him to the floor. Yellow card for Suzuki, penalty for Machida, which Eric scored to make it 1-0 at half-time. There was further penalty box pain for Iwata eight minutes into the second half, as Fujio was again brought down. This time, he ran onto a ball over the top and the chasing Ricardo Grassa clipped him just inside the area. Yellow card for Grassa, another penalty for Machida, this one converted by Fujio for 2-0. It looked to be 3-0 in the 89th minute when Shota Araki touched in a long-range shot, but he was adjudged to be offside, harshly in my opinion. Iwata did get on the board in the fourth minute of stoppage time though, through a toe-poke volley by Ko Matsubara. It ended Machida 2, Iwata 1, a result that extends Machida's lead to 9 points, ends Iwata's long unbeaten run, and sees their lead over 3rd place Shimizu and 4th place Tokyo Verdi cut to just 2 points. That's because Shimizu saw off Renofa Yamaguchi 1-0 courtesy of Carlinhos Jr's 11th goal of the season. There were chances galore for Espulse in the first half with Thiago Santana missing 3 and another being cleared off the line while a careless giveaway at the other end just before half time presented Yamaguchi's Tsubasa Umeki with the opportunity to go in 1-on-1 with Shuichi Gonda but Shimizu captain Yoshinori Suzuki made a superb covering tackle to block his shot. Carlinhos Jr. rattled the crossbar in the 69th minute, but 10 minutes later he had what would prove to be the winning goal. Takashi Inui spotted the run of Oh Sehun, who squared for Carlinhos to tap in. Shimizu are unbeaten in 8, with the last 3 games all 1-0 wins. Yamaguchi slipped to 20th, 2 points clear of relegation, and winless in 5 games. Oita Trinita moved back up into the playoff spots with a 1-0 win at home to Fujieda Mai FC, their first win in four games. The goal came in the 33rd minute as Fujieda showed they'd learnt nothing from last week's loss to Yamagata. A left-sided defender under pressure played a long back pass to keeper Kai Chidikitamura, who was nowhere near. He rushed back, took a heavy touch under pressure and played a hard pass to the right-sided defender who failed to control the ball and lost possession. A cross came in and Shun Ayukawa scored. It was almost 2-0 in the 55th minute when Oita defender Derlan headed a free kick onto the post and Shun Nagasawa put the rebound over. Another Oita defender, Pereira, hit the other post in the 77th minute with a long-range shot that Kitamura got his fingertips to. This was a comfortable win for Oita, who were up to 5th, 3 points behind 4th place Verdi and 2 ahead of Nagasaki and Kofu in 6th and 7th. Fujiera at 12th, winless in 6th, seven points clear of relegation. Oita overtook Vivar and Nagasaki because the latter could only draw away to Mito Hollyhock in a very entertaining match. Mito took the lead in the seventh minute through Koichi Murata. A free kick from near the byline on the right fell for him to shoot, 
keeper Gore Hatanor got a touch and turned it onto the bar, but the ball spun backwards into the goal. Nagasaki thought they'd levelled almost immediately with a Kaio Cesar header from a corner, but Mito Shunpei Naruse hooked it off the line to keep the score at 1-0. Then Mito doubled their lead a few minutes later. Poor control on the right wing in midfield by Nagasaki conceded possession. Mito worked the ball across field quickly to Takatora Einaga, who overpowered Shunya Yonida fairly in the referee's opinion and curled a left-footed shot into the top corner from just inside the area. Nagasaki did score in the 28th minute, a powerful shot from the edge of the area by Keita Nakamura, although they looked like handball by Kaio Cesar just before the shot, not according to the referee though, so the teams went in at half-time separated by one goal, just as Mito's Fumiya Sugiura saw a shot from 35 yards hit the crossbar in first half stoppage time. Another Fumiya, Unoki, got Mito's third goal in the 69th minute, a low shot across Hatano from 12 yards. Ten minutes later, Nagasaki brought themselves to within a goal again after a surging run from Marcos Guillerme, a neat footwork and a powerful shot from Kaito Matsuzawa. And it was 3-3 in the 83rd minute, Nakamura playing good one-twos with Kaio Cesar and Serin Sariujopu on the edge of the area and squeezing a shot under the keeper from 18 yards. This one finished 3 all. Nagasaki will be pleased with the comeback, but not with having to do so in the first place. Mito are 15th, four points clear of relegation, unbeaten in five, but the last four of those have been draws. Two teams with an outside shot at the playoffs met at the ND Soft Stadium, where a big crowd saw Monterio Yamagata beat Jeff United 1-0 in torrential rain. Both teams struggled to get efforts on target until the 82nd minute, when a Yudai Konishi free kick from 25 yards was deflected by a defender standing next to the wall, and gave the keeper no chance. Yamagata win for the fourth game in a row. They are ninth, three points off the playoffs. Jeff playoffs chances take a blow. This was their first loss in six, but leaves them in 11th, eight points off sixth, and nine points above 21st, just for information. Lastly from me, just two points separated 14th place Raso Kumamoto and 20th place Zegen Kanazawa when they met at the Ishikawa Athletic Stadium. Kanazawa only named five substitutes for this one due to administrative error, but despite the tired legs, actually looked the stronger team in the final 20 minutes. Kanazawa went in front in the 17th minute with a Yohei Toyoda header from a Masaya Kojima cross, but a quarter of an hour later, miscommunication in the Kanazawa area led to panic and ended with Junya Kato knocking the ball into his own net. Zegen keeper Yuto Shirai saved well from Rimu Matsuoka and Takuya Shimamura before half-time. In the second half, Keita Fujimura and Junya Kato both had shots blocked by Kumamoto defenders and Kumamoto's Shuhei Kamimura hit the post in the 82nd minute. In stoppage time, Kanazawa's Shintaro Shimada shot just wide and a Kyohei Sugiura header from a corner was clawed away by a full-stretch Ryuga Tashiro in the game's final act as it ended 1-0. Kumamoto stay 14th, four points clear of relegation but still without a league win for two months. Kanazawa rise one place to 19th Two points clear of 21st with two wins, two draws and one loss from their last five games. That's all from me. John's up next with Sunday's games. Thanks James. Hi everyone, John Steele here with a roundup of the Sunday action from J2 in round 30. Let's start at Soyu Stadium where it finished Akita nil, Tokyo Verdi 1. Verdi left it very late to win this game, scoring in the 94th minute when Kosuke Sagawa headed in Yuji Kitajima's free kick at the far post to the delight of the travelling fans. 
Moments earlier, Verdi looked to have blown their big chance to get three points when Akita's keeper Kentaro Kakoi was able to beat away a shot from Goki Yamada as the young forward managed to get cleaned through on goal. In the first half, Akita had had some good possession uh, and they really got hit with this sucker punch uh, right at the end. But yeah, the final score was Akita nil, Tokyo Verdi 1. Akita stay 13th, while Verdi hold on to 4th, their level with 3rd place Shimizu on 52 points. In the Fukushima heat, there was a Pulseltine game between Iwaki and Kofu. It finished Iwaki 1, Kofu 1. This game started with an innocuous looking incident for Kofu's goalkeeper Kohei Kawata. When he rushed out of his goal to deal with an Iwaki attack, he seemed to get his studs caught in the turf and twist his ankle or perhaps his knee. Um, He was okay but couldn't continue and he was soon replaced by the substitute keeper Kodai Yamuchi and uh, more about him later. Shortly after that early setback for Kofu, Iwaki went ahead. In the 11th minute, a free kick from the Iwaki left was sent low into the penalty area and went in off home defender Daiki Yamaguchi for 1-0. Kofu claimed that an Iwaki player was in an offside position and the goal should have been disallowed, but uh, no dice from the referee and it was 1-0 to the home side. Kofu pulled level on the stroke of half-time, Kazuhiro Sato drilling a loose ball right into the bottom corner of the goal from the edge of the penalty area. Great finish from him. But then in first half stoppage time, Iwaki almost went back in front. Kaina Tanimura's curling shot from just inside the box hit the crossbar and Kofu escaped. And then, just minutes into the second period, Iwaki had their golden chance to restore their lead from the penalty spot when Hiroto Iwabuchi's shot hit a Kofu arm and a penalty was given for handball. Now, Iwabuchi himself took the penalty, but after a fairly awkward run-up, He shot straight at Yamuchi and uh, he gratefully collected the ball and the chance was wasted. And that's how the game finished. Iwaki won, Kofu won. Kofu stay 7th, just outside the playoff zone on goal difference, but level on points with Nagasaki in 6th. Iwaki a 17th, um, still in quite good form I think, 3 points clear of the drop zone and the great escape still very much on for them. A little bit further north, there was even more misery for Sendai, as they were quite comfortably beaten at home by uh, Gunma. The final score at Yurtek was Sendai nil, Gunma 2. After a goalless first half, things got much easier for Gunma and harder for Sendai when the home side were reduced to 10 men. And defender Takumi Mase picked up his second yellow card just five minutes into the second half and his second yellow was a pretty needless clumsy tackle near the halfway line. So he was off and Sendai were down to 10 men. Gunma took full advantage of the extra man just four minutes later and went in front. Sendai couldn't clear their lines following a corner and a low cross into the box from Hayate Shirowa was only cleared to the penalty spot and fellow Gunma defender Daiki Nakashio slammed the ball into the back of the net for Sendai nil, Gunma won. It was almost 2-0 thanks to Ryo Sato Volley after that, but Sendai's much maligned goalie Akihiro Hayashi actually did really well and touched the ball onto the crossbar and kept the deficit at just one goal. Gunma did get a second goal in superb style in the 74th minute though, Koki Kazama with an inch perfect 25 yard free kick that went in off Hayashi's right hand post. And there was no way back for Sendai's 10 men after that. They're in free fall in 16th place in the table, just three points clear of the relegation zone, and the boos at full time in this game from the home fans were very loud. It finished Sendai nil, Gunma 2. 
Gunman, meanwhile, just keep on going. They're eighth, but they're level on 47 points with Nagasaki and Kofu, the teams in sixth and seventh, respectively. Right at the bottom of the table, there was very late drama at the NAC 5 stadium. It finished Omiya 1, Okayama 1. Now, Okayama went ahead in the 88th minute here, only for the home side to equalise in the fifth minute of stoppage time. In the first half, Omiya, the bottom side, had come out swinging at Okayama and the visitors were lucky to survive a strong penalty appeal for handball early on. After that, Omiya's Seiya Nakano screwed a good chance just wide of the post from Rikia Motegi's knockdown and Jakub Svetsok had a shot smothered by the Okayama keeper Daiki Hota at point-blank range. For their part, Okayama nearly went in front themselves around the hour mark, with Dutch defender Jordi Boyce trying his luck from about 25 yards. His left-footed effort came back off the crossbar. And then the away side, Okayama scored what seemed likely to be the winner with just two minutes left. Boyce slid in and dispossessed Angelotti about 30 yards from the Omiya goal, and the ball ran through to Rui Suyoshi. He slipped in Thiago Alves, who scooped the ball past Kasahara from about 8 yards. So Okayama 1-0 up with just 2 minutes to play. But there was a twist in the 95th minute when Shuto Okaniwa put in a cross from the Omiya right. And it was met by a prodigious leap and header from Keisuke Muroi. His brilliant header beating Hota at his right-hand post for a first goal of the season for Muroi. And Omiya yeah, had a precious point. It finished Omiya 1, Okayama 1. So Omiya are still bottom of the pile, but they're five games unbeaten now, and only four points behind second bottom Tokushima. Meanwhile, Okayama are 10th, and they're eight points adrift of the playoff places. Speaking of Tokushima, they served up a cracking game at Kanseki Stadium, where it finished Tochigi 2, Tokushima 2, again with two goals coming right at the end of the game. This match was tied at 1-1 at the break, with the visitors taking the lead in the 10th minute, Kazuki Nishia, of course up against his brother Yuki in the Tochiki midfield, played a through ball that Yuichiro Kakitani stepped over for Kaito Mori to go clean through on goal, and Mori coolly slotted the ball under goalkeeper Kazuki Fujita for his 12th goal of the season. But it was 1-1 just 8 minutes later, as Tochiki's Ryo Nemato got on the end of a raking long ball from Yuto Yamada, Nemato controlled brilliantly on his chest inside the penalty area and then thumped a left-footed drive past Jose Aurelio Suarez. In the second half, Nemato nearly put the home side in front after superb work down the left side from Ismaila, making his first start for Tochigi on loan from Kyoto. Ismaila teed up Nemato about 12 yards out, but he blazed his shot over the bar. Then, with about 15 minutes left, Tochigi were reduced to 10 men, Captain Shou Sato picking up his second yellow card after fouling a Tokushima player to stop a breakaway chance. And the away side nearly made their extra man count when Mori got another chance on the edge of the six-yard box, but he just couldn't keep his effort down and ended up sending the ball over the crossbar. Then Tochigi stunned Tokushima by going in front in the 89th minute. A corner from Shou Omori made it all the way to the edge of the six-yard box via a deflection and was volleyed in by sub Koki Oshima for Tochigi 2, Tokushima 1. But just like in the Omiya game, there was a typical J-League twist. Just two minutes after Oshima's goal, a corner at the other end from Luizmi Quesada led to a round of head tennis inside the Tochigi box, and the ball was eventually nodded down by El Sino for Daiki Watari, another substitute, to swivel and fire past Fujita from about 14 yards. And that's how the game finished. Tochigi 2, Tokushima 2, 
Tochigi stay in 21st place, two points adrift of safety, and uh, perhaps more importantly without a win in their last 10. For Tochigi, well, they're in 18th on 32 points, along with Kanazawa and Yamaguchi, uh, the 19th and 20th place teams, respectively. Okay, with all of the Round 30 action uh, looked after then, let's preview the Round 31 games coming up this weekend. Most of the J2 action is going to be on Saturday, August the 19th, with four games at 6pm, including a big one at the top of the table. It's Shimizu against Machida, so the runaway leaders visiting third-placed Shimizu. Also at 6pm on Saturday, we have second-placed Iwata on the road at Kofu, so that's seventh, hosting second, another big game at the top. Tokyo Verdi are away at Iwaki, so the fourth-place team visiting 17, and, uh, and at the same time, it's Mito hosting Akita, so 15th against 13th uh, as well. There are five games on Saturday at 7pm, including Okayama against Oita, so fifth-place visiting 10th. Nagasaki hosts Tochigi at Transcosmos Stadium, that's 6th against 18th. Yamagata hosts Kumamoto, so 9th versus 14th at Ende Soft Stadium. And uh, there's a mid-table clash at Fukudadenshi, Jeff Chiba against Fujeda, that's 11th versus 12th. Meanwhile, uh, there's a potentially important game at the bottom at Yurtek Stadium, Sendai hosting Omiya, so that's 16th place, but out of form Sendai hosting rock bottom, but suddenly in form Omiya. Uh, yeah, don't, don't predict what might happen in that game, but it should be an interesting one at 7pm on Saturday. The rest of the round 31 games, the two remaining fixtures are on Sunday, August 20th, both at 7pm. So Gunma host Kanazawa, that's 8th place hosting 19th, and then another huge game at the bottom, 21st against 20th at Pokery Sweat Stadium, Tokushima against Yamaguchi. I think that has to be the pick of the two Sunday games. Yes, two teams really in the thick of the relegation dogfight. Tokushima against Yamaguchi seems to be the big game on Sunday. Okay, I think that's all from uh, James and I for uh, round 30 and, and round 31's uh, preview for J2. But please stay tuned. Uh, as usual, Magic Mike Innes is going to be along shortly. He has all of your J3 news and previews in J Talk Short Corner. So please stay tuned. And uh, yeah, in a moment, you'll hear from Mike. Hello everyone and welcome to JTalk Short Corner, the mini-pod that keeps you up to date with events in J3 of the J-League. I'm your host Mike Innes and in this episode I'll be looking back on fixtures in round 22 of the J3 season as well as previewing the round 23 matches coming up this weekend. There were six games on Saturday the 12th. The big match taking place at the Sunpro Alwyn Stadium between big guns Matsumoto Yamaga and promotion-chasing Katare Toyama. Yamaga had more in the way of half chances, but unfortunately for the Ptarmigans, they mostly fell not to top scorer Ren Komatsu, but rookie Ryuji Kokubu starting a J-League game for the third time, and he was off target throughout. Katane have restored to their starting lineup veteran centre-back Makoto Lindo, and he clipped the bar with a free kick in the first half, 
and midway through the second period, the away side got the only goal of the game. Daichi Matsuoka intercepting a misplaced pass by Shusuke Yonehara and quickly feeding Yohei Ono, who advanced into the area and sent in a shot that deflected off Masato Tokida and in. Final score, Matsumoto nil, Toyama 1. One win in eight for Yamaga, 11 points off the promotion spots and drifting down the table to 12th. Compared with their recent form, this was a well-managed game by Katare. Three points putting pressure on their rivals at the top of the table. They stay second. Fourth at start of play, FC Imabari suffered a home loss against an FC Gifu side who've been struggling for form. Imabari fell behind on 12 minutes, keeper Genta Ito saving Kosuke Fujioka's speculative shot but pushing it conveniently into the path of Charles Unduka who slotted in the rebound. Undercat was the leading light of the first half in this one, as 10 minutes before the break he nicked just over the bar a delicious through ball from Fujioka and soon afterwards made it 2-0, rounding off a counter-attack with a neat finish after excellent play from Toma Murata. The hosts were playing their first game under caretaker Naoto Kudo following the surprise midweek departure of coach Riki Takagi and they put Gifu under more pressure after the restart. On the hour they were awarded a penalty when Kanta Chiba's shot struck the arm of Ryoma Kita in the area but Chiba's own spot kick was well saved by former Imabari keeper Shu Mogi. And from the resulting corner, Mogi stretched to keep out a dangerous strike from Hikaru Arai. Marcus Vinicius then had a header cleared off the line by Murata as Kudo's team fought to get back in the game and they finally reduced the deficit with 16 minutes left. Chiba receiving a pass from Marcus, cutting away from Genichi Endo and firing inside the far post. I'll say it again, why Kanta Chiba couldn't get a proper look in at a Tokushima Vortis side in a relegation battle is hard to understand. On the hunt for an equaliser with five minutes left, Imabari had another goal-bound effort cleared off the line. Anai with the shot, Ryu Kawakami, the Gifu hero this time. While the final piece of action in this breathless match saw visiting substitute Yuya Taguchi sky a shot over the bar with only the goalkeeper to beat. Final score, Imabari 1, Gifu 2. A disappointing result for Kudo, who needs to turn decent performances into points and fast. His team slip to 5th. A hard-fought first win in 7 for Yusaku Ueno's Gifu. The performance demonstrating the potential that exists in his squad. They climb 4 places to 7th. FC Osaka broke their run of four straight draws with a comfortable away win to complete a double over FC Ryukyu. Two goals in the space of three minutes midway through the first half set Osaka on the road to victory in Okinawa. Daigo Furukawa glancing in Shunsuke Tachino's cross for the opener. Furukawa then feeding Takumi Shimada for the second after a misguided attempt to play out from the back by Makito Uehara. 
but your Shigaki side were really under threat and further extended their lead with nine minutes to go when Furukawa bulleted a header past Danny Carvajal from Takeru Itakura's cross. Ryukyu did pull one back in stoppage time, a ball in from Takeyuki Takeyasu, buried by Koki Kiyotake for his first of an injury-affected season. Final score though, Ryukyu 1, Osaka 3, a weak defensive display from the home side, no clean sheets since Tetsuhiro Kina was given a permanent appointment a couple of months ago, his side dropped to a perilous 18th. Osaka are ones to keep an eye on during the rest of the season. You can't rule out a team with the best defensive record in the division and who haven't lost for two and a half months. They're now up to sixth. A couple of big games down at the foot of the table. I'll come on to Fukushima United's late, late draw at YSCC Yokohama in a moment. But first, to talk about another defeat for Kazuaki Tasaka's Giravance Kitakyushu in the derby at Tegavajaro Miyazaki. Worryingly few chances created by Tasaka's team, although recent signing Mikel Agu hit the outside of the post with a header from Kota Muramatsu's high ball into the box. The game's deciding moment was on the hour mark when Tegevajano's young striker Hanomi Minamino was wrestled to the ground by Kakeru Sakamoto. Penalty kick, said the referee, converted by Minamino for his seventh of the season. In the closing stages, Kakeru Aoto should have made it 2-0, but sliding in on goal, he couldn't make contact with Ryohei Yamazaki's low cross. Final score, Miyazaki 1, Kitakyushu 0. Hiroshi Matsuda's Tegevajano squeeze out another narrow win to consolidate in mid-table, their 8th. Giravance can't build on last week's win at Nana Club and stay 19th. Meanwhile, fellow strugglers Fukushima came away from YSCC with a point, although they had the opportunities to win the game. Kota Mori and Shoki Nagano both putting good chances off target. The home side offered little going forward, but somehow got themselves in front in the 88th minute when Takahiro Nakazato swung in a high ball, met at the far post by Sho Fukuda. Haruki Oshima got his head to Fukuda's knockback. Keeper Kaito Yamamoto flapped at it and Daiki Sato scrambled the ball over the line. Fukushima's equaliser in the fourth minute of stoppage time was similarly unlovely. Tomohiko Miyazaki swinging in a corner, Jun Kodama making an attempt at a catch but getting nowhere near it. New Fukushima signing Ryuji Sawakami got his foot to the ball, Seiya Nikaido blocked it on the line, Hiroki Higuchi jabbed it into the net. Final score YSCC 1, Fukushima 1. Very far from a good performance by Kei Hoshikawa's YSCC, but they're now 4 unbeaten and in 15th. In reality, two points dropped by Mitsumasa Yoda's Fukushima, but they edge away from Kitakyushu and jump above Ryukyu on goal difference to sit 17th. 
There was also a mid-table Torhoku derby between Iwate Guruja Morioka and Vanrare Hachinohe. A distinct lack of clear-cut chances in this one. Guruja's four-game unbeaten run coming to an end as a result of the only goal of the game, 12 minutes from time. Daisuke Inazumi crossed from the Vanrare left. Naoya Seno found space and glanced in a header. Final score, Iwate nil, Hachinohe 1, Gruja fall 4 places to 13th, level on points with Nana, Matsumoto and Nagano. Vanrare climb to 9th with a game in hand. Then on Sunday the 13th, the game of the round pitted leaders Ehime FC at home to form team Gainare Totori. Wearing for the first time their horrendous summer uniform, Ehime opened the scoring on 26 minutes thanks to a misjudgment from Gainare keeper Koshiro Itohara. Racing out of his area with no chance of winning the ball, the inrushing Yutaka Soneda prodding it past him and over the line. But Totori under caretaker Kohei Masamoto are not easy opponents and they drew level in first half injury time. Makoto Fukuin swinging in a free kick, Ryoria Izumi climbing high to win the far post header, Arya Jasuru Hasegawa finishing from close range. One all at half time then, but 16 minutes after the break, Ehime restored their lead. A team move that concluded with Shunsuke Motegi getting on the end of Shunsuke Tanimoto's cross to half volley in. And a further example of their quick interpassing confirmed the win on 86 minutes. Yuta Fukazawa and Takumi Sasaki combining to unpick the defence. Sasaki beating Itohara from 8 yards. That wasn't quite the end of the scoring as Hasegawa pulled one back for Gainale in the 6th minute of added time. Another close range shot after the home back line had struggled to deal with Hideyatsu Ozawa's free kick. Final score Ehime 3, Totori 2. A test for Kiyotaka Ishimaru's Ehime but one they passed thanks to an assured display despite the aesthetic calamity of that summer uniform. For the first time in a while it was possible to see why they're top of the table. Gainare undone by a superior team bringing to an end their unbeaten run after seven games. They drop to 10th. Wins for both Toyama and Ehime put pressure on Kagoshima United to keep up by gaining a home victory over AC Nagano Paseiro. But the smoking volcanoes have suffered some poor results this season at the Shinanami Stadium and this turned out to be another one. They needed keeper Kenta Matsuyama to be at his best to stop a Shoma Otoizumi shot on 16 minutes and 11 minutes later they fell behind. Unable to clear Naoki Sanda's corner and leaving Yuta Sato in space to hammer in a volley at the far post. The home crowd were desperate for a goal from Rei Yonezawa and the king of Kagoshima almost obliged in first half stoppage time. A characteristic surging run into the box, his shot well blocked by visiting keeper Taro Hamada. 
An equaliser did come in the 56th minute. Yuki Kimura's corner kick swung to the far post, where Shota Suzuki nodded it back into the danger zone for Isetone, who stretched to head home his first goal for the club. In the closing stages, it was, however, Paseiro who looked the more likely team to score. Kento Takakobo bringing a brave save out of Matsuyama. Sato, Yuma Funabashi and Hayate Sugi all striking the woodwork. The final twist came when Nagano coach Yuki Stealth made the substitution of the season, throwing on Masaki Miyasaka in the fourth minute of injury time, and in the fifth minute of injury time, Miyasaka struck a free kick around the wall and inside the post for the winning goal. Final score, Kagoshima 1, Nagano 2. The home side can have no complaints about losing in the final seconds. Five changes from last Last week's loss at Miyazaki, but this was not a strong performance and they slipped to fourth. Who can make sense of Paseiro when this is what follows their 3-0 home defeat by Iwate? They move up one place to 14th. Overtaking Kagoshima to break into the top three go Azul Claro Numazu, whose strong second half display gave them a home win over SC Sagamihana. The visitors looked more likely to break the deadlock during the opening period, but it was Masashi Nakayama's Azul Claro who opened the scoring soon after the restart. Tatsuya Anzai stealing between defenders Ryoji Yamashita and Orenta Higashi to head home across by Kenshiro Suzuki. Returning to the side following suspension, Noah Kenshin Brown made it 2-0 soon afterwards with a straightforward far post header from Yuma Mori's corner kick. And more inadequate defending gave Numazu a third goal on 69 minutes. Yamashita and Higashi again nowhere to be seen as Brown's cross simply struck Kyotamochi on the head and went in. The visitors, Ryo Yoshitake, hit the post from 35 yards in injury time, but that was as close as it came for Kazuyuki Toda's team. Final score, Numazu 3, Sagamihara 0. Azoclaro climbed to third off the back of a strong team performance. The contribution of keeper Hiromu Musha, for instance, should not be overlooked when assessing the side's achievements this year. A gut-wrenching loss for Sagamihara after their recent improvement. They stay 20th and last. Finally, there was another mid-afternoon kickoff at Nana Club, where the visitors were Kamatamari Sanuki. It was Sanuki who had the better chances. Kaima Akahoshi's flick onto the bar from Nao Eguchi's free kick, the closest they came to a goal. But credit to the Noodle Boys' Gentaro Yoshida for a lively performance on the left in punishing conditions. And to homekeeper Shinji Okada for a solid display between the posts. Final score though, Nana nil, Seneki nil, five without a win for the currently toothless Nana who slip to 11th. Kamatamare play some decent stuff but as they've shown throughout the season, they just can't score their 16th. So now to run through the top and bottom of the league standings after round 22. The top six are... Ehime with 43 points, Toyama 
with 40, Numazu 36, Kagoshima 34, Imabari and Osaka 33. At the other end of the table, the bottom six are YSCC with 27 points, Sanuki with 25, Fukushima and Ryukyu 24, Ryukyu have a game in hand, Kitakushu 19, and bottom of the table with 17, Sagamihara. Just time now for a quick look ahead to the round 23 fixtures this weekend, when there are nine games on Saturday the 19th. The top three teams all head north, frontrunners Ehime to Iwate, second-placed Toyama to Fukushima, third-placed Numazu to Hachinohe. Kagoshima need to bounce back at home to Matsumoto. Big Shikoku Derby for Imabari at Sanuki. At the bottom of the table, Sagamihana host a Kanagawa Derby with YSCC and Kitakushu are at home to Ryukyu. Then in mid-table, Nagano play host to Gifu and Totori are at home to Miyazaki. Just the one game then on Sunday the 20th, the J-League New Boys meet at Osaka, where the visitors are Nara. With all the week's business seen to then, that's it for this mini-pod. All that remains is for me to say, thanks for listening, enjoy your football, and see you next time. Bye for now. 